Welcome to the Me and My House podcast. We are your hosts, Stephen and Aubin Stroop. Thanks for listening in as we share our adventures in marriage, parenting, and ministry. We hope to inspire, encourage, and teach others that when we choose to live for the glory of God, that life is not only better, it is a life abundant. Welcome to episode eight. Today we are going to be talking about discipline and not uh, discipline as in army discipline or (laughs) self-discipline or discipline in working out or eating the right things. But we're going to be talking about discipline in your home with your children. Mm -hmm. So where do we want to start on that? Well, I guess we can... Let's, let's talk about some of the things that have been very um, impactful in our home. So, Like a board <laughs> <laughs> or, or, a, or a belt or a switch? Um, no, we never. Okay, so I was thinking let's go back kind of to the beginning because okay. um, we kind of had some goals from the very beginning because of some teaching we had right before we even had our oldest. Um, and while we've strayed somewhat from that teaching because, you know, it, we just, it didn't work necessarily as we added more and more and more children, right. we learned some great principles and those sure. principles we put in place before we had kids and we've actually applied them with all of our kids. And I think they've been very helpful. Right. And so, um, what do you say we share some of those? Okay. Sounds so, good to me. Okay, so maybe let's start with um, consistency. That's um, a good one. Yeah. So it's probably one of the most important ones. Absolutely. So what do we mean by consistency in discipline? Well, uh, let's just give an example. So maybe um, you see a, a child that um, that is doing something that is wrong. They are disobeying. Um, and, uh, or they're disrespectful or they're rude or, or something like that. And, uh, mom or dad will get up and handle that, that matter. They'll either handle it with some sort of spanking or, you know, going and talking to the child, taking the child aside or something like that. But that's only one time. And then it happens other times and the parent doesn't do anything. And so, what the what's happening is the child's getting mixed messages, right? Mm-hmm. So um, they get frustrated they when get angry. they get angry whenever mom or dad you know chooses to discipline them this time, and they don't know well why didn't you discipline me last time? Yeah, you know it's a confusing thing and a frustrating thing for a child. Um, but that would be is yeah. that a good that's a good example? Yeah, right? absolutely. So first, I. In, in our home, I believe that we have always tried to discipline for one thing, and that is disobedience. Mm, so yeah. we have tried not to discipline for accidents. You know, let's say you spill your milk. Well, that's an accident. Now, if you're running across the table and you spill your milk, 
Um, that's disobedience <laughs> because right. we have asked you not to run across not, the table. Not to run across the table. During dinner time. And um, that may or may not have happened in our home, running across the table. Well, we have a pretty long table. A very long it's table. It's like a runway. It so. is a runway. <laughs> you could <laughs> land an airplane on it. <laughs> but you may not run on it. Um, so we have always tried to discipline for disobedience, for um, foolishness, but not childishness. Right. Right? Because our children are children, and they do childish things that they don't really know better and so in those in those instances we just instruct and correct but then foolishness is more you know we have told you not to do a b and c and you went and did a b and c in direct defiance so that would be foolishness right and disobedience and that would be something we would punish for right okay so um consistency is absolutely of the utmost importance when it comes to child discipline and correction. Because like you said, if you are going to discipline a child for something one time, and then you're not going to do it the next three times, and then, you know, maybe because you're watching TV or you're talking to a friend or you're just busy and it doesn't bother you, or maybe you're in a really good mood that day. And it just, you know, it just doesn't fly all over you like it did the first time they did it. Um, but then maybe the fifth time they do it, you're in a bad mood. You've had a bad day. Your fuse is really short. Um, and you just, you just stand up and you just go after them. (laughs) Well, it is very confusing to a child when they can get away with something one time. I'm sorry, maybe they get in trouble for it one time. They get away with it three more times. And now here you are coming up. You have no clear boundaries. There's no clear expectations. And really what happens, and we've seen this happening um, when there is an inconsistency, is you're going to create an angry child. Yeah. Because kids want to know what is expected and they want follow through. Yeah. And so... Um, what ends up happening is you, you think you're cutting them, you know, a deal or giving them a favor by letting them get off the hook a few times, but you really do end up creating an angry child. Yeah. And, and the Bible actually speaks directly to that. So uh, a couple of verses here, Colossians 3, um, 21, I believe says fathers do not exasperate your children. So they won't be, uh, so they won't become discouraged. And uh, then Ephesians 6, verse 4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. So we're not to be frustrating our children and angering our children and in the way that we instruct them, in the way that we discipline them. And part of that frustration comes from the uh, lack of consistency. And and oftentimes, I think... Um, one of the things that so so not only does the child so a child they we talked about this last week i think a little bit um they long for structure and you can tell because when uh you know when the school year starts um 
their behavior probably is a lot more balanced because they have a routine, right? Mm-hmm. As soon as summer is that, that's one of the reasons parents are always like, man, I can't wait for school to start. Well, it's because they want that routine back because routine helps structure the child's life. That or they're and excited also, that their kids get to go away for well, that, multiple that too, yeah. hours a day. Yeah, <laughs> but but then the the ability to to have that structure, that routine helps not only the parent, but also helps the child in the same way. Um, having those consistent boundaries, those consistent borders of where behavior is supposed to, to be, um, standards that have been set, uh, rules that have been set to have that consistency is actually good and healthy for everyone in the family, mm-hmm. but especially the child. And they long for that. But like you said in a previous episode, they would never tell you that. Right. But they really do long for that. They're going to tell you in their behavior. Yeah, they'll tell you in your behavior, in their behavior. And so when we are not consistent in that um, discipline, then we do frustrate our children, exasperate our children, provoke them to anger. Uh, but not only that, a lot of the times when we are inconsistent with our discipline, um, what we end up doing is disciplining out of anger mm-hmm. because, you know, you you say, don't do that. 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 Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then all of a sudden there's just one last final time you've had enough. and you've had enough and you get up and you don't care about anything except punishing the child mm-hmm. and you do it in anger. Mm-hmm. So the lack of consistency is not good for the child. But it's also not good for the parent because then the parent does uh, acts really acts out in sin in a in sinful way to discipline their child, and it's not the child's fault. It's no, the parent's yeah, fault. It is the parent's fault because the child, yes, they were disobedient, but you, you were disobedient because you did not do what you were called by God to do, which is to instruct and discipline that child right away. And because you were, we'll just say it, lazy, yeah, um, uncaring in that moment, or maybe even selfish, yeah. Um, then now you are reacting sinfully due to all of those previous sins, yeah. uh, laziness, selfishness, um, being uncaring, whatever the situation is. And so, yeah, it's, it, it's now on you, right? Well, and, and w- yeah, and we should, we should acknowledge the fact that we are guilty of all of those things. I and, don't know a parent who isn't. And, and it's not we're not trying to point fingers at other people and say, we've never done that. No, we understand that completely, but that's the whole reason to talk about it and to say it is our job to be vigilant and consistent in our discipline. Um, and to not, (laughs) I mean, when you get to the end of the day and that couch or that recliner feels real good, hugging your rear end and you're just, uh, so glad the day's over. And you just don't feel like getting up whenever somebody has done something wrong. I understand that. Yeah. Or if you have 12 children and you've been disciplining for the same things <laughs> with each child for the last 18 years. Repeating yourself. You get a little tired. You do. <laughs> but I will tired. say this. So here's a little um, tip. It, If you will be consistent, or let me put it this way. When you are inconsistent in your discipline... You are working against yourself. Mm. You are creating the monster that you wish to destroy. Yeah. Because the child learns, mom and dad 
are not consistent. And nine times out of 10, I'm going to be able to get away with this. And so it's worth the risk. I'm going to take the risk. I'm going to do it because chances are they're going to be preoccupied, staring at their phones, watching TV, whatever it may be. They're too tired to get up and they're not going to discipline me. And so I'm taking this risk that this is one of the nine times and not the 10th time. So you are literally creating that little monster. Yeah. And if you're, if you're a young parent and don't think children notice those things and take advantage of those opportunities, just trust us. They take advantage of those opportunities. Yes. (laughs) uh, We have an 18 month old, our youngest, and he knows. Yep. He knows when we are consistent and, and acts accordingly. Yep. Um, but if you will commit to disciplining immediately, you know, whatever the discipline is, the, the crime should fit or the punishment should fit the crime. Yeah. So whatever that is, if there is a consistent punishment, when this happens, then this will happen yeah. in response to that. And it's not on the third or fourth time. There's no counting. One, oh, two, yeah. three. Do not count. No, because the child will wait till 2.75 or whatever, 2.99 before they actually turn around and do yes. something. Yes, and, and we have a phrase in our home that is slow obedience is, is no, no obedience. obedience. So you are not obeying unless you obey immediately. It's the same way for our response to their disobedience. We are not being obedient to the Lord and disciplining and correcting our children if we do not do it immediately. And when you do it immediately, you aren't angry most of the time because you haven't let them get on your last nerve. You see these these, um, actions or these behaviors. You've already set clear boundaries that this is not okay. And when it happens, you can get up calmly. You can take care of it. But that starts, that sticks with that child. And they're going to know yeah. every single time this happens, there is this consequence because of this action that I just did. Right. And they'll learn not to do it. Well, it's kind of a, a pay now, play later um, effect because, um, you know, we we have seen, because we have an 18-month-old, but then we also have an 18-year-old, we have seen it um, grow throughout the years to where there is... A, a very big difference in the amount of discipline required in our older children versus our our littles. Yeah, and I, I would say older, even I'm I'm thinking even our four, five, oh, six yeah. years old. I mean, even those children, because we did discipline in the very very early years. Yes, there's very little discipline. There's there's some correction, you know, kind yeah. of altering the course a little bit, reminders here and there, but but it is very rare that anyone over that age gets a spanking because yeah. they know it's when been we consistent. And Absolutely. I would also say, here's another thing for consistency. So that mom and dad have to be consistent together on the same page, on the same mom page. can't let something slide and dad and doesn't dad's the, or, the hard nose. Yeah. yeah. It, it, the kids need to know that, um, that it's equal footing when it comes to mom and dad An offense that is, a, is an offense. Um, a, a command given is the same weight from both mm-hmm. parents. Um, and, and both parents should really support each other in that. And I think when, when you approach it as a, this is our goal as parents is to train our children like this, then it becomes a little easier to have to get up for the, you know, hundredth time to, well, you can trade off, yeah. right? Well, you can trade off. Yeah. Hey, it's your turn. <laughs> go, go handle this. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it makes a big difference. And when you're on the same page, the kids learn, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be able to get away with something with mom because I know, like with us, we have eight boys and let's just, I, I'm, I'm small. I'm not, um, I am not a large person and I don't pack a lot of punch if I am going to spank a child. Um, I don't punch my children. <laughs> That's just a phrase. I, um, but I'm, the kids are not necessarily worried about mom spanking them, but they do know that if they get in trouble with mom, then dad's going to handle that when yeah. he gets home. And not that I never handle it. I do. But, um, but you know, dad handles that pretty well, but they know I, I'm not going to be able to get away with this with mom. Um, you know, because she's going to let dad know what's going on here. And so it really, it creates a consistency you know, across mom and dad, what, what the kids can get away with and can't get away with. But it also teaches the kids, mom, to respect dad and, and dad to respect mom because they see, um, dad has the standard and mom's holding it out of respect for dad. And, and dad knows that this is what mom requires. And when mom's gone, dad's going to require the same thing and not say, oh, that's just your mother. You know, you do whatever. Oh, Because yeah. that's going to create a lot of disrespect within the child's mind of, oh, well, I don't have to take mom seriously or I don't have to take dad seriously. Mom doesn't, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's super important that for consistency to be all around and not just from one parent. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so... I think we've covered consistency. Oh, real quick. Oh, since yeah. you threw out a phrase that we like, which is slow obedience is no obedience. Yes. I throw out one I other that I talk really... about the pack a punch thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> since you beat our children. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but since, since you threw out that phrase, I like, there was one other that we learned several years back that I like. It was, um, and we teach the children this, you should obey quickly, quietly, completely, and cheerfully. Yes. Because if you're not obeying, obeying quickly, we've already said slow obedience is no mm-hmm. obedience. If you're not obeying quietly, then that means you're probably grumbling mumbling or grumbling mm-hmm. and complaining or saying something disrespectful. Um, if you are not obeying completely, like everything we've said to do, do it that way, do it to its completion and do it well, then you didn't really do, you're you didn't put obeying. in your best, you're not obeying. Mm-hmm. And if you're not doing it cheerfully and you're rolling your eyes or or grumpy about the whole thing, then you're not doing it with a joyful spirit and, and you're, you're not, not doing respectful. it thanksgiving for parents that actually will that you have parents to give you orders and you're being disrespectful. So all of those things, uh, what is it? Quickly, quietly, completely and cheerfully. Yes. Yeah. And some order, however we remember them because we always say them out of order. Oh, yeah. As long as we get them all in there. Yeah, yeah. There's no correct order. All right. So what about, uh, I'm just going to call it Upside down pyramid parenting. Upside down pyramid. So they're in a multi-level marketing <laughs> parenting scheme. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They need to be top-notch schemers. <laughs> no, not that all. <laughs> not that multi-level marketing is a scheme. I'm We've not been saying there. That. I'm not saying, saying that. It was years it's ago. Another podcast. Another day. Okay, but what I mean by this is think about. Okay, we all know what the food pyramid is. So think about that pyramid, but flip it upside down. Well, okay, wait a minute. Flip it back the right way. <laughs> Point at the top. Regular pyramid. This is how most parents pyramid. Um, had we not learned something differently before we had children, this is how we would have parented. I know it is. Okay. So that is you um, start at the bottom 
the largest space, right? The mm-hmm. bottom of the pyramid mm-hmm. has the largest space. And that is where we have our babies, our toddlers. We give them the most freedom because they're cute and they're little and they can't do a lot of damage at that age. So, you know, they scream and throw a fit. We give them whatever they want. Right. Oh, give her that toy. She, I don't want that toy. Throwing it down. Okay, give her, get her a cookie. Uh, oh, get her, get her some milk in her sippy cup. Um, you know, pick her up, carry Do her around to get quiet. <laughs> Just give her what she wants. Okay. Or, or the, the child is wandering around that. Maybe they have free reign of the whole house and you're spending your whole day running after them, chasing them yeah. down. No, don't touch that. And then the child throws a fit. Okay. Well here, you can have my phone, play with my phone yeah. or play with the remote or yeah. Bang on the TV. It's fine. You're little, you can't hurt it. Okay. So they have all these freedoms Yeah. as a child, as a little toddler, baby slash toddler. Well, then we get into the preschool years Mm. and, and, and what you're doing then is the child is bigger and when they throw a fit, it's very loud now. And when they throw their sippy cup down or their cup, their cup spills everywhere. Or if they bang on the TV, they're going to knock the TV over. Mm. Um, Or they're going to throw the remote now and break it and the batteries are going to go everywhere. Or they're going to uh, shove everything off your coffee table onto the floor, throwing a fit. All of a sudden, this is not cute anymore. They're bigger. They're making a bigger mess. They're destroying things. And now you're going to try, think, okay, we're going up the pyramid. It's getting smaller. You're going to rein them in now. Yeah. So what you're doing is you're telling this child, okay, you had all these freedoms. Yep. I'm going to start taking them away yep. one at a time. And what's going to happen with the child? I'm you're taking gonna... them away because I don't like it anymore. Well, because yeah. they're, they weren't good from the beginning. Right. Right. But, but in the beginning, it was like, oh, it's cute and it's fine or what's whatever. But because now you're messing things up, I don't like that anymore. Yeah, so I'm going to take things away. It's not cute anymore. Yeah. A, a little tiny baby, you know, maybe throwing a little fit over something might be kind of laughable. And then when they get to be four years old and they're throwing themselves down in the grocery store because you've allowed this in the past, mm-hmm. um, it's not cute anymore. And it, and it's it, you're creating a scene. And even if it happens in the home, it's not cute anymore. So yeah. you start trying to rein them in and you're starting to take away things from from them that you previously allowed them to do. And you're going to create a very exasperated child yep. because they're thinking, wait a minute, you let me do this. Now I can't do this you're t- because it's not cute anymore. So what we learned was flip that pyramid upside down. Yeah. Still start at the bottom, but you're starting at the very narrow tip of yeah. that point Yeah. where that little one has very few very few privileges, very few, le- uh, very little leeway to yeah. do stuff. They do what you tell them when you tell them. They're not allowed to um, dance on the coffee table because, or crawl across the coffee table or shove everything off the coffee table because that's not something you would be okay with them doing at someone else's home. Right. And it's not something that's going to be cute when they're three, four, five, six years old. So why give them that privilege now? You train them by just telling them no, moving their hands, squeezing their hand a little bit and saying no, but teaching them this is not okay. So then as they get older 
and you're moving up that pyramid, that pyramid's getting wider and you're able to give them more freedoms. You're not having to take away things. Right. Um, because they've learned some self-control, they've learned how to mind in the beginning because you gave them very few choices. Um, you're able to give them more freedoms as they get older, which is what we're supposed to be doing Yeah. rather than never teaching them to mind and obey when they're little. And now we're trying to get back all this freedom we gave them and it, it just doesn't work like that. You're gonna again. You're gonna create an angry child. Yeah, and you're giving them freedoms according to your parental wisdom and discretion as mm-hmm. well, which yeah. is, uh, you know, the the ability. This God gave us the the wisdom and the ability to control that mm-hmm. amount of freedom given to our child at each increment. So, uh, and it doesn't necessarily mean like it. Obviously, it happens by age with regards to you know developmental skills and things like that, but. Even as they get older, um, it doesn't always have to do with age. It sometimes has to do with maturity. Well, that's something we so, tell the kids all the time. So, yeah. So, like, you know, if we're talking about little children or tiny, tiny babies and, and toddlers, then we're talking about, well, you know, I don't we don't we've never let any of our um, uh, kiddos just crawl and 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 walk and run anywhere they want in the house whenever they're what, you know, 10 months to 18 months old. We don't just let them just run everywhere. Probably um, even until they're two and a half we, or three. I mean, we, we utilize a pack and play. We utilized fence, uh, the little gates, gates that go on the mm-hmm. uh, doors for to be able to give them room to, to play in, but not a whole environment like the whole house. You know, you put them in a 3,000 square foot house, it's like they don't know what to do with themselves. It's well, yeah. too much. But that is developmental, right? But in the case of... Um, you know, our, our children are always asking about, well, when do I get a cell phone? Well, I, when, when I get a cell phone and they base it off of the child above them that is this age or that age. And they say, well, when I'm that age, I'm getting a cell phone. And we said, no, 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 that doesn't actually have anything. Age doesn't have anything to do with it's it. Maturity. It's your maturity. Mm-hmm. So I don't care. I mean, if they got a cell phone at 16 because they started driving, that's great. But if you don't show that kind of maturity, I, I don't care if you're 16. I don't care if you're 18. We're you have to be mature enough to handle those things. So we tell them it's more about maturity in that moment, but it's still that pyramid where you're just using your wisdom and discretion to give more and more freedom as opposed to frustrating them by taking back freedom that you gave them. Well, and the great thing about it is if you start off on the right foot, um, and we can talk here in a little bit about if you haven't started off on the right foot, but if you start off on the right foot by being consistent and, and training your children that what what you say you mean and, and you follow through, um, then you, you are able to give freedoms and they are able to handle them. And it's a wonderful joy because as they get into their teen years, I mean, I don't know. Uh, we, we don't talk about this a lot, uh, this particular thing, but I love our children being in their teens. Oh yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I we didn't hear anything except negative things about when children are teenagers. Oh yeah. Just wait till they get to be teenagers. They are yeah. this it is a joy to yeah. have teenagers because yes, we're still parents. We're still instructing, but in so many ways we are becoming friends. Yep. We have fun with them. They it's just an enjoyable time to see them maturing and, and, and you really enjoy them differently than you do when they're little. Yeah. But I, I, 
I have to say, I, I do believe that a large part of that has to do with just the consistency in the early years mm. and requiring that obedience so that um, we could work on building those relationships. We weren't just constantly at each other, yeah. you know, um, due to discipline issues. So, right. um, okay. So real quick, I, I don't want to forget this. If, if, what do you want to say to somebody who maybe, you know, has some kids and they're thinking, I, I was not consistent when they were little. And, um, you know, I, I do have trouble now and I don't know what to do because my, I don't like my child and my child does not like me and I don't even know where to start. What would you say? Um, Sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) I hope that's not going to happen the whole time where it's uh, just so you know, that's my band. And once they get rattle off on a group text, they always, uh, they keep it going. So and that's coming through on the computer. It is coming phone. through on the computer. Well, we can we can ignore it. We'll just pretend it's so. Not I think with what you're saying, um, uh, I think I would say that it's never too late. And when someone says, "Well, it's too late," I mean, obviously, if they're out of your house, it's too late. But then you pray for them and you just try to encourage and guide them the best way you can because they're no longer uh, kids in your house anymore. Um, but if 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 somebody has a, um, a little bit older child, medium age or older child, I would say it's never too late uh, because I remember listening to Vody Bauckham uh, one time and he said, um, he said, if you think it's too late, then I've got four words for you. United States Marine Corps. <laughs> <laughs> and what he was saying, he, he wasn't saying send your kids off to the Marine Corps. Um, what he was saying was they in, in, I think it's, is it nine weeks of basic training that they do? But he said, you take a, a sloppy, no, no self-control, um, undisciplined, uh, disrespectful, whatever the, the child is, you take them and you put them in that, you know, six that to nine camp. weeks worth of boot camp. And they come out a razor sharp, disciplined, mm-hmm. obedient, rule following, you know, ready to say, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Kind yeah. of person. And that's in a short, short amount of time. So I think that's the encouragement is that it's always possible. It's just that means you may have to up the amount of work you have to do to make up for the amount of work that wasn't put in in the very beginning. Yeah. And I would say if you have an older child, maybe even like a a teen, a preteen, teen, you know, um, older kid, I would, I do not think the correct way to do things is to come in with a heavy hand out of Mm, nowhere. No, no, no. Um, I think there needs to be a lot of relationship building Yeah. and maybe even, um, we can get into this maybe at the end, but, um, some forgiveness, you know, along, along. Yeah. And uh, I think, yeah, I know where you're headed with that. We can get into that because that actually is going to be quite important at some point. Um, even if you. Um, have been doing it all along, or if you're starting late. Okay, um, so we'll, we'll hit that. So we'll come back to that. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, let's talk about then maybe when, you know, there does come that point where um, kids are just too big to spank. I mean, it's oh, just, yeah. you know, if you are still having to discipline and you did spank your kids and you're like, eh, it's just not okay anymore. This child's too big. But 
there needs to be some sort of consequence. Yeah. Um, and, and I think most parents are, are pretty wise to this. We waterboarding. (laughs) (laughs) No, but, but I do think most of us know what our kids currency is. Yes. Um, so, you know, we know what's important to them. And I would bet a large majority of kids it's going to be some sort of device, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah, yeah. So phones, video games, video or, ga- mm-hmm. or, you know, if you take that Xbox away, then they just, they're like a drug addict that just, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, but no, yeah, some sort of device. Um, for us, it used to be, well, not necessarily for me, because uh, I didn't get a car until I was quite a bit older, but I know in our generation, it was, oh, you're not, you can't have the Give car. Give me the keys to that Give car. Give me the keys to the car. And you're like, no. We couldn't do that to our son. He bought his own car. That's true. Yeah. He did. He's like, hey, I own this car. That's My right. name's on the title. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I, I think you got to know your kid's currency. Yeah. Now I will say this. Um, we don't have to spank our, our, even our younger kids really anymore, but there is occasion, and, and if any of my family's listening to this, they know that I do this, that we do this, um, that they get in trouble for the day. Maybe they've been just stinkers to each other. Yep. You know, they're just at each other. And so what do they have to do? They have to go to bed early. They have to go to bed but, early. But what makes it worse is that when you have to go to bed early. We plan a party. We, we throw, <laughs> we do, hey, we're going to watch a movie and we're going to have homemade brownies. Bake a, and, yeah, bake I a mean, cake. <laughs> Pop some popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do a, a one where we're all laughing. We're having a great time. You in get here. a car. You get a car. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but we you know, try to we, make it. We fun. try to make it to where they realize, oh, we missed, missed out. out. And that fear of missing out is a big piece of currency for a lot of it children. It is. And and we're not. I have to. I have to do this. We're we're not rude about it. It's not. No, you know, rub it not. in your face. But I do. I do try to do something, which I actually make brownies and and things like that quite a bit anyway so it's not necessarily that special it's not not something that you planned after you told them they were going to bed early right i usually have it on the agenda anyway but um but it does make it you know yeah makes it sting a little bit more and they want to be a part of what's going on at night and so um when you have to go to bed early and you miss out on that that does tend to stick in their minds you know i think i'll behave today because i really i want to be able to stay up and do what everybody else is getting to do. Yeah. So, um, but I would just say, if you know that currency, then that works really well. If you're consistent Mm -hmm. and, and you remove those things and let's say you decide you're going to remove a, um, you know, a phone for three days, then do it for three days. Oh, do not after a day, the child's been so sweet. Do not back down and say, okay, you can have it because you have to show them. I, what I say that is, that's what goes. Yeah. It's a, that's any punishment, any discipline at all, whatever the currency is that you're trying to cash in on, you have to say, you have to do what you say. Mm -hmm. I mean, when my mom grounded me, and she said, you're grounded for a week. And I knew there was a party coming up on Friday or something that my friends were going to do or a lock-in at the church or who knows what else. I would just hope and pray that she would let up by that by the time that went down. And she never did. And she never did. I just... <laughs> but she was she was a, a woman of her word. I you mean, knew she meant business. I knew she meant business. So if she said, you're grounded for a month, I was really... I was in it deep. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, mine was a little different than that, but we won't uh, go into <laughs> that. 
<laughs> um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about the words that we speak to our kids. Yeah. And how we need to be careful with those words. And we need to be speaking life yeah. to our kids. Um, I actually have um, a verse here. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. And then uh, Proverbs twelve eighteen says, there is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Um, Proverbs 15, four says a gentle tongue is a tree of life, but the perverseness in it breaks the spirit. And then of course, um, Proverbs 15, one, a soft answer turns away wrath but a harsh word stirs up anger. Mm, those are great verses. Yeah. Um, again, typically, um, harsh words or, or words that's spoken in anger happen more often if we are not being consistent mm-hmm. with um, the child's discipline, as we spoke about at, up front. So when you have just had it, then you let it rip, right? You yeah. just say whatever comes to mind. Mm-hmm. So that's one type of harsh harshness, uh, uh, words that you can speak that would just be out of anger. But an, another thing that is to um, say things that really, um, really discourage the child. Like, um, well, you always mm-hmm. do that. That's you're the one that does that thing always. You never do that right, or you know, you know, just what, negative, whatever negative. it is, it's just negative, 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 as opposed to um, the way the Lord would really uh, challenge us to speak to them, which is speaking kind of speaking life a into them, way. a life giving way into them, uh, um, and speaking with hope because you are training them in hopes that they will move past those foolish uh, behaviors yeah. uh, and give them hope that I, like, I know that you know this is right. And I know that you can do uh, better than this. And um, I know you want to do what is right. I know you want to do what mom and dad tell you to. And, but speaking in a way that is more um, affirming, affirming mm-hmm. and, and encouraging yeah. to them to want to do better the next time around. Yeah, and it's not about, um, we're not talking about, you know, just trying to flatter. It's not a flattery thing at all. It really is speaking life to our kids. And, you know, um, it's the way that the Lord handles us. Um, He's not, he's not, for for his children, he's not um, pointing a condemning finger. He has open, loving arms. Well, just explaining that to him sometimes too. I mean, there's been so many times where I've had to uh, punish one of the children, and and afterwards, I, you know, I tell them, I said, "Why does Dad spank you? Why does why did Dad punish you? Because I love you. Because I love you enough to not let you stay where you're at, mm-hmm. but to get rid of those behaviors and that mindset, and and that will help you grow into the person you're supposed to be." Yeah. Um, yeah, and you know, I even here recently, you know, just dealing with different, you have so many different personalities with your kids. Everybody's Mm -hmm. very different. And, um, so finding what's unique about that child, that is a strength and really 
talking about that with them. You know, maybe they're um, being short with their brothers and sisters, and it really is getting old. Um, but if you can go to that child and say, you know, this the the way that you are talking to them um, is not is not okay. And I remember when you did this with your brother and and he was so happy yeah. when you did that and you were so kind and you helped him and you loved on him and I loved seeing that in you because you're caring and you're giving and you're kind and just speaking those words over them you know yeah. they that ju- you will see a smile just show up on their face because you are you're breathing life into them you're giving them life-giving words and and think about the verse um whatever's profitable whatever's or or whatever's um true true, thank you true whatever's good um if in fact it says if there's anything good focus on on these things um, so we're supposed to do that as a parent. And and there is a saying, I don't necessarily like it, but it is true that you attract more flies with honey than vinegar. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I don't like that saying. I just don't like that saying. But but it is true that... Isn't that in Proverbs? I hope not. I not hope that's like not Proverbs? in the Bible. Is that the Bible? Right now to find out if you don't like the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember a particular... Um, it was a particular instance that I heard that and I just did not, it didn't sit well with me, but that probably is in the Bible. And if it is, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it is my favorite verse. Oh, I gotta find it. I gotta find okay, it. Okay, you know? look it up. Anyway, it, it, it really is true. And, and that would make sense if it's in the Bible that it's true, right? But um, that when you do speak those words to your child, you really are encouraging them to act in that way. Um, versus condemning them, telling them how wrong they are, what a horrible child they are, that they are always this way. You're really just perpetuating the the situation because they're going to continue to live those words because those are the words you're speaking over them. Okay, you found it, didn't you? Yeah, but I don't think I think I think I was wrong. Okay, it says it's Proverbs nineteen four. It says wealth attracts friends as honey draws flies, but poor people are avoided like a plague. <laughs> Okay, well then, no. So I, don't, I haven't found it yet, so don't, I'll let don't you off look, the hook. Don't right look now. anymore. <laughs> it could be wrong. I mean, it could be in that whole, you know, it's in the bucket of, you know, cleanliness is next to godliness oh, stuff, yeah. you know. <laughs> it's it is um it's taken from scripture i guess or no, well the principle is you that go. you can you it's it's back to a, a harsh word stirs you know up stirs wrath. up wrath and so um a kind word turns away that anger so it's yeah. that's, that's basically the, the same mm-hmm. principle so absolutely all right well let's wrap it up by let's end on forgiveness yeah because that's a big one so um with forgiveness there there were two thoughts i had on it let me think if i remember both of them one is that parents should make a habit of asking for forgiveness from their children um when they have you know sinned against their children and this is something that uh i did not grow up with uh, in my home. And it was so powerful that, um, that it was one of the f- first reasons that I knew that, um, God had called us to get married. 
uh, it was a, such a great example shown to me that, um, you know, we, you said, so, you're sorry, you said when we were dating, you're sorry for something. And I just have not heard, you know, I did not grow up with someone telling me they were sorry for anything in my home. And so, um, that was such a huge thing to me to hear someone say, Hey, I'm, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. Um, but I have, I have gotten onto my children in anger before, especially when we were first starting out and had, uh, and we're just learning how to do it all. Just get angry and, and say things to them and, and, um, and just had to go to them and say, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I was angry and I said, uh, things out of anger or I disciplined you out of anger. <laughs> and, had to apologize to children because I spanked the wrong child because <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was this one was the one that was doing something wrong and I rushed in and I spanked the person I thought was it and then all the other children said no it wasn't him it was that other one oh those are not good oh moments. those are horrible moments <laughs> but what's great let me just let me in, interject what's great is when you have apologized and that and that doesn't happen that that might no, have happened no. one time but yeah. but when it did you can see that smile go across that kid's face because you oh, asked for forgiveness and and, and and they're they like, don't. It, they act like they act like they didn't even care once I apologized. Yeah. But it was. It just. It's. It's very good to make a habit out of that to humble yourself as a parent. And a lot of parents, I, I, I hope would be in that position. But again, I grew up in a home where that was not part of it. And I think it takes a, a good amount of humility to say, "Man, this is a five-year-old. This is a seven-year-old. This is a ten-year-old. I don't have to apologize to them." Or, but. It goes, it, it is like burying wealth in their backyard. It is. Because they will remember that the rest of their lives. Every time you ask for forgiveness from your child, you are strengthening the relationship between you and your child. Yeah. You are because you are, you are admitting to them. I am not perfect. I am a sinner and I seek forgiveness just like I'm teaching you to seek forgiveness. Yeah. And, um, and you are, you are showing them what it looks like to repent yeah. and to restore the relationship. And that's the first relationship and restoration that they encounter, which then translates to their relationship with the Lord. Right. Um, and in fact, the kids and I were talking about that this morning, that <clears throat> this is a little off topic, but not necessarily that's asking for forgiveness, um, that when we have sinned, that if that um, an immediate response is I'm not confessing this, um, or I'm afraid to confess this, um, then you are in that moment, you are absolutely believing a lie. Because the last thing Satan wants is for us to confess. He wants you to take that sin that you've committed against your child or whoever you've committed against. And he wants you to go hide with that sin yeah. and let it grow. And and maybe it's your hardened heart that's going to grow. Right. Um, that's a lie you're believing that this is necessary, that you are justified in that. When the truth is, is that um, freedom and restoration and relationship and grace and love and peace and joy are all found in throwing that sin out in the open and saying, I have wronged you. I didn't, I should have disciplined you sooner. 
I did not, and it's my fault that I let it go on as long as I did, and I got angry, and I am wrong. Would you forgive me? Right. And, it's huge. And, and um, the ability to, to apologize and to ask forgiveness from your children not only shows them that you're not perfect and doesn't set some sort of false standard up that they are trying to reach for, um, but... Um, it all, all of it, it, this, the forgiveness plus the consistency and discipline plus the learning their currency plus the ways that you, you discipline, not in anger, but in love. Um, all of the things we've been talking about boil down to this one thing. And that is you're trying to gain the heart of your child. Mm. And I would say the reason that, um, we have so far had such a, a good um, relationship and a good um, experience with our teenagers is because we have the heart of our children. Mm-hmm. But that starts from day one when you're disciplining them for the smallest things as a tiny tot, you mm-hmm. know, and, and it continues every single day. Them knowing mom and dad care for me enough to not let me stay where I'm at. Mom and dad care for me enough to point out where I'm wrong and then to discipline me for it so that I would try to flee from those, um, those, those ways, that foolishness. Mom and dad care for me enough to, um, to do this in love, but to do it continuously, to do it consistently. Uh, mom and dad care for me enough to know that even when they have wronged me by doing it in anger or whenever they have uh, they have sinned against me, that they're going to humble themselves. They're going to come and actually ask forgiveness too. That, that knowledge really impacts their heart, and that's what you're trying to get is if you can grab your child's heart, then you have an ability to be um, so much more deep in relationship with them as they continue to mature and yeah. get older. And then you hope to see that even blossom more as they become adults and and go on to have their own children and families. Well, and you know, it's just like, um, Satan and, and the world that they're going to twist that and tell you the, um, less the, the, if you would just not discipline your children, yeah. if you would just let them have their own way, yeah. Um, let them do their own thing, then that is what's going to build that relationship. Give them all the freedom in the world. And what you end up doing is you end up... Building walls. You build huge walls. You end up... um, You you destroy a relationship. Because the scripture is true that, that a man or a woman who refuses to discipline and correct their child truly does, um, in a sense, hate them. Yeah. Um, because you're leaving them to their own devices. And th- and God doesn't do that to us. Yeah, it, It's like we've heard before. He's not a derelict father. He comes after us. He yeah. corrects us. Yeah, And so we are, we are to do that as parents. And I would say that if you have an older child that um, maybe you have done things, you know, um, uh, a little um, backwards or, you know, in a way that now you're regretting that you didn't discipline more as a child and you've got this child now that, um, or this teen that is, it's very hard to, to manage, uh, he or she's very hard to manage. 
I would say the first step, and, and I don't know all the steps. I, I've not walked in those shoes, and I pray, I pray we don't have to. But I, I do believe that the first step in restoring that relationship and getting it on the right track is to go to that child and seek their forgiveness. Yeah. Um, because they have wronged you in their, in their um, actions, but the initial wrong was yours. Yeah. And, um, and it is, it'll be your job to go and to work on restoring that relationship. And I think that's done first through repentance yeah. and, and asking for forgiveness from that child. Yeah, because then you're going back to the root of the issue before you try to go and put all these uh, band-aids on mm. what you hope will work and, and, and attacking the symptoms. Yeah. Whenever at the, at the core of it, there was a, a wall built between the two of you because of how things were done. And so you have to work on trying to tear down that wall and restore that relationship. Yeah. So that's good advice. Yeah. yeah. I think that about wraps it up. Well, well, good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that you like uh, Proverbs and not, you don't hate that verse, even though it's not really a verse I found. No, I hope, I hope it's not. Word, I know it's not word for word. I'm sure somebody will let us know if they hear this. Uh, <laughs> you hate Proverbs. <laughs> I actually love Proverbs. No, it, I, I'm, I'm excited that we got to go through this one. Um, it's, it's a very practical uh, podcast. It's very applicable. And we're still learning as we it's go. It's a great reminder for us. That's good for us because now we have to go back inside and find out what the children have done wrong and mm-hmm. and punish them all. <laughs> <laughs> no, I and I will say that we're hoping in our next podcast or so, maybe one or two more, that we're going to do some fun ones because we want to talk about holidays. Yeah. Because holidays are a big thing in our house. Yep. And we do some fun stuff and we want to share date? it. Oh, it's almost time for Christmas music. No, it's not. August 22nd is (laughs) It's almost September. No, no, but don't start till October at least. Give me that much time. (laughs) But it's almost time to decorate for fall. Okay. That sounds good. Let's do that. (laughs) Well, until next time, choose this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. (laughs) 